And now, back to Answers for Elders as we honor our military veterans. Carriage is the proud sponsor of our veteran segment, hosted by former Seattle Seahawk, Dennis Boyd. Hi, this is Dennis Boyd. I'm down here at Patriots Landing in DuPont, Washington, with uh, retired Colonel Mike Kortz and also Mayor of DuPont. And I appreciate you, Mike, taking the time to come out and talk to us today. Thank you. My pleasure. Mike, we're doing this series here talking to our veterans, and you are obviously a 20—how many years were you serving? 30 years. 30 years, excuse me. Uh, Army veteran, uh, attack helicopter pilot. Also, uh, as I was reading a little bit about you, got into a uh, liaison-type position, or, or how would you describe that, what you were doing in Iraq towards the end of your career? Yeah, my, my first tour in Iraq from 06 to 07, uh, my job was chief of engagements. I was on General Petraeus' staff, and uh, I had a team that worked with me. Principal responsibility, we engaged with Sunni insurgent tribes, primarily in Anbar province, and the goal was to try to peel them away from al-Qaeda, try to integrate them into the political discussion as opposed to an armed conflict. I was curious when I took a look at that at how that applied to you shifting from the uh, from the military and, and that type of negotiations. Now you're moving to government and at the at the city level here, where it sounds like you probably you picked up a lot of uh, experience in dealing with people who have very different goals and very different needs and trying to get them to kind of at least come together at uh, to find some common ground that everybody can uh, can live together. Well. It- it helps me often when, when we're dealing with people in the city and out of the city. You know, I keep in mind other negotiations I've been involved in. People are killing each other. And, and they are, at the end of the day, you know, committed to some very hard goals and willing to do very hard things. And kind of allows you to um, get a better perspective when you're either negotiating with, golly, where are we going to put the dog park? Yeah. Um, are we going to you know, do this in the city, do that. They're important things. They're very important, but they are not at the same level of people trying to kill each other. Yeah. And it's it a little bit, uh, the price tag's a little higher at that point. Absolutely. Um, Mike, could you, we're going to back up a little bit. What, what took you into the army? Tell me back to the first days when you, uh, when you were received your commission. I grew up in a, as a, as a kid in an army family. Okay. Um, my parents are both from Northern Oregon. My father enlisted in the army, eventually went to officer candidate school. And so I grew up through the Vietnam era. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father had uh, two tours in Vietnam. He was a army aviator, um, commanded the army's first armed helicopter platoon, flew oh. Huey gunships in Vietnam. So it seemed like the family business. Mm-hmm. A lot of kids grew up throwing baseballs with their dads. We owned an airplane. I grew up flying, started flying at age six, and uh, it just seemed like something that the lifestyle appealed to me. I liked what I saw about the military, the camaraderie, and there's an exciting aspect of uh, being a soldier. Um, I applied for and was fortunate to get an uh, appointment to West Point, mm-hmm. and so in uh, 1977, I went to the military academy, um, graduated in 1981. Uh, graduation speaker at my graduation was Ronald Reagan on his mm-hmm. first public uh, speech after he had been shot. That was a mm. kind of big deal for us. But uh, then started a career that involved um, assignments here, Texas, Germany, um, Bosnia-Herzegovina, mm-hmm. Iraq, um, Washington, D.C., Kansas. So all over the place. Um, 
fortunate to have a career principally in the attack helicopter community. But as any commission officer will tell you that, uh, you know, that's a technical skill set you have. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you're an officer. You know, you do what the Army needs you to do. And so um, in uh, one of my tours in Bosnia, had nothing to do with aviation. Um, dealt with uh, contingencies, everything from security for the Pope on a visit, security for a papal visit to the first apprehension of uh, persons indicted for war crimes which has nothing to do with Army aviation. But right. uh, if you're a field-grade officer, you do what the Army needs you to do. Um, was uh, fortunate to command at the platoon, company, battalion, and brigade level. Mm-hmm. Served as chief of staff of 1st Infantry Division and 1st Corps. Did the tour in Iraq as chief of engagements. Uh, also deployed as deputy chief of staff of 1st Corps. So a variety of different tasks, different places. Um, exciting career. I enjoyed it. Challenging. I tell people that when you're in my line of work, when you get up in the morning and watch the news or read the paper, you don't wring your hands, you roll up your sleeves. Yeah. You know, uh, I was assigned at the Pentagon on 9-11, um, wow. so I know what that sounded like, smelled like. Um, some clowns flew airplanes into my office. I didn't appreciate that much. Um, but it's certainly a very cathartic moment, cathartic experience. Um, gave you a clear sense of... Uh, um, what was important and what the nation faced. Hmm. So I can't say I had a dull career. No, no. What uh, you and I were discussing earlier uh, a little bit about this feeling of team, and I was talking to you about how uh, having played professional football, we, you kind of, I still stay in contact or I have a very solid memory of the guys that I played ball with. Tell me about what that means to you as 20 years, 20, 30, excuse me, 30 years in the army and, uh, and the memories that you have of the men and women that you serve with. Well, just like serving on a, a very high level athletic team, team in the military is everything. Yeah. Um, you know, no individual is, is essential. Um, everyone is a critical member of the team, but we always have that next man forward attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, as an example, last night, um, I was at a friend's house in Olympia um, with about a dozen of my West Point classmates. So mm-hmm. that's the kind of team that we have that uh, um, graduate, you know, came together in July of 1977, and we're still very close. Um, I am uh, very close with people that I've served with, uh, both in peacetime and wartime. Uh, very close affiliations. We'll go across the country to see them. Uh, people that if they called and needed something, no hesitation. No questions asked. You do whatever they need. Tell me a little bit about um, the relationship, obviously, as mayor now of the city of DuPont, uh, between JBLM and DuPont. Obviously, you guys are neighbors, and uh, there are several things that you, I mean, you bring that um, that history with the military, and then, but yet you're still running a city. It, it is different, um, and we are very closely aligned with JBLM. Forty percent of our population is retired military. Thirty mm-hmm. percent of the population is active duty military. Um, you know, one of our little models is we feed JBLM. <laughs> uh, if you go downtown Dupont at any of our restaurants on a weekday, it's full of soldiers. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're very, very closely tied to the post. Um, good relationship. Um, we have a city-to-city relationship, the garrison commander and I. Garrison commander is very much like being a mayor. Mm-hmm. And uh, they run JBLM just like a city. And there are things that we share. 
whether it's common exits at uh, I-5 where we have crossovers and how do we deal with issues uh, to uh, development that we're looking at in some federal land that's within DuPont city limits that we're looking at how to develop that for mutual benefit. Um, we have uh, a uh, creek restoration that uh, is about to start that the source of water is on JBLM and then it flows into DuPont. So there's a lot of things that we do together. I think from my experience, I have an appreciation for what the challenges the post faces are, mm-hmm. um, whether it's the deployable units or the garrison. Um, I, I appreciate uh, you know, what their focus is and what role any of the neighboring communities have with them. And so I think my expectations are realistic as to what we can expect from JBLM and what they can expect from us. One last question here for uh, as far as the military, because you're, you're seeing both angles, is uh, where do you see? I mean, we as a civilian, we keep seeing our, our, our military shrinking and shrinking, but yet, you know, there is this constant requirement to need that, uh, that force ready to go. Um, having 20 years military, what would you say to somebody that's considering the military at this? I mean, excuse me, I keep saying 20 and I'm shorting you by 10 years. Uh, you know, somebody that's considering a military service. You know, I, I think it's uh, like several professions. I would say it's a calling. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a burning passion to do this. Um, it's not financially going to compensate you for the work you do. Uh, your family's going to go through a lot of hardships. You're going to go through a lot of very physically demanding things. You always face the potential for being exposed to grave physical risk. Um, but the rewards are just immeasurable. Um, there's a tremendous sense of purpose, um, a sense of personal pride. Um, some of that disruption in a normal life is uh, mitigated. Um, when I would move to a new location, you have a built-in peer group, a built-in social system. You know where you fit. People are very quick to welcome you in, welcome your family in. Um, so it's a, it's a very worthwhile pursuit. It's something that I would encourage anyone to do. It's a, uh, ultimately, f- you feel like you have earned your stripes as a citizen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, uh, uh, you, know, you, you make no apologies for your service. Um, you feel like you have you have earned your right to uh, stand and salute that flag, and mm-hmm. it uh, has a very deep and abiding meaning with anyone who's served for any length of time. Well, I want to thank you because it's again as as I appreciate and to a much deeper level that you experience there in the military is that that team approach is something that people rarely get a chance to feel is that bond that you have between people that you've struggled with that you've battled with whether it's uh intellectually physically or otherwise and uh and mike you're you're obviously taking that to to a level here and i'm sorry i get one more last question here how about the the effect or the um the advantage or the asset that uh, patriots landing offers here for the city of dupont Oh, what a great facility here. It's, uh, they're great neighbors. Yeah. They're a great part of our community. Um, you know, they have expansion plans, but uh, we feel very blessed to have them here. I could be a resident here someday. Yeah. Um, I know the ownership and their corporate leadership, and they are very committed to the city of DuPont, and uh, we're very grateful to have them here. Colonel Mike, thank you very much. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Dennis. This has been a special Honoring Veterans presentation of Answers for Elders, brought to you by Carriage.
For more information about Carriage, the website is C-A-R-E-A-G-E dot com. Hi, everyone. This is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me. Listen now. Search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform. 